Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show today is John Forsyth from the Slaughterhouse Gym out of Pontotoc, Mississippi. What's going on, John? Welcome to the show. How are you Glad doing to today? Good, good. Everything's good. Glad to be here. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to have you on. And, you know, I appreciate you taking time out of that busy gym owner life to be here with us. Um, but before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with your facility, um, why don't you first tell us about what made you get started in gym ownership in the first place? Well, I've been a gym rat my whole life. Of course, I'm 50 years old now. My gym life probably started around 13. Um, it was just something I needed to do. I mean, I, I when I actually decided to open a gym, I didn't have time to go to a gym. So I bought my own, you know, little bit of equipment. I think it was 12 pieces I picked up, you know, online. And next thing I know, we're opening a gym. <laughs> it really wasn't intended to be that, but it, yeah. it turned into that. So, and of course, we've grown year after year after year. So, I mean, I'm really proud that we've we've wound up where we are. No, that's cool. I mean, it's cool how it just kind of happened. So it started really with, you know, your passion for fitness and working out. It sounds like, you know, you've been Absolutely. lifting since you were pretty young. And it led to, you know, you eventually starting a small facility for pretty much just yourself. And it's kind of grew into this thing to where it's now like, hey, dude, I got a business here. And, you know, uh, this could really, really be something for me. You know, it could uh, be my job. It could, you know pay my income for me. So that that's really cool to hear. Um, yeah, so that really leads me to talking about the slaughterhouse. Um, so you've been open for six years now. So you made it through the pandemic, you made it through the long haul, that's something to be proud about. Um, but what what type of services are you offering your members out of your facility? Well, it's an open gym. Uh, it, it's an old school gym. Um, you know, we do have trainers, I have a couple of prep coaches. Uh, personal trainers, you know, I do have a girl that's actually a fantastic strength coach. Um, you know, we have the tanning, we have the cardio, we have the weights. We don't really offer classes and things like that just because we're more of an old school feel. Okay. You know, we have the deadlifters and the squatters and the, you know, the bodybuilders, the power lifters and things like that. Okay, cool. So you have, you know, open gym. It sounds like you have a couple, you know, highly trained trainers um, that specialize in some different uh, you know, different ways of working out. So that's really good to hear. Um, now, as far, you said you don't offer any private training or group training. That's by choice, Craig, just because you want to have a certain type of vibe for your gym, correct? And you want it to be more the open gym, lifting weights feel. It is. Now, the, the trainers that I do have, I mean, they do work through appointment. Okay. Uh, you set up with them, but that's their own, that's their own setup. You know, they, they work here out of my gym but they have their own training businesses. So, okay. That's, awesome, that's, awesome. that's how they pick up their clients. And then of course that's, you know, one way the gym does make revenue that way. So, so for your trainers, um, it's their responsibility to find uh, their own clients to bring for your facility. Well, that, or if I have someone that comes in that's specifically looking for training, right. I do refer the trainers that I have. And then I let the customer make their own decision to which, you know, which direction they want to go. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So about how many members are you guys actually serving out of your facility right now? 
right now, best I can tell, it's probably around 300 that, that we have consistent. Now we have many more than that that come through in and out of the year. Right. Um, which there's plenty of other facilities around and a lot of them we actually see are repeat customers. You know, they may come here for six months, they may leave for a month or two, and then they'll come back through and filter in. But now consistently, probably between 250 and 300. 250 and 300. Okay, awesome. And your facility is a pretty good size, correct? I know we spoke a little bit off air. Um, we, I was told it's around 5,100 square feet. It is. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Um, so you're sitting at about 300 members. You're in a pretty big facility. I always like to ask is 300 members kind of the cap that you're at right now? Are you trying to grow and see some new faces? You know, we are trying yeah. And, and we have, you know, there's plenty of room here for, for plenty more. Um, you know, growth is always a priority. I mean, that's something that needs to happen. Um, we're looking at actually adding more space. We want to put another building on the back of this one. Uh, so we can add another, you know, 2,000, 2,500 square feet, you know, for that. But I mean, you know, we hope to get as many new faces each year as we possibly can. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So, so since you are wanting to see some new faces and some new people, you know, what are you kind of doing right now to aid that growth, growth process? Well, our population here is probably around 30,000. Um, social media and word of mouth seem to be here about the best way to do that. Um, you know, I've tried some of the other advertising I've done radio, I've done newspaper and things like that, but the social media and, 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 you know, things that are technology based seem to be a bigger help than anything. Right. And you guys have a, a you know, social media is so important these days, first of all, for any business, uh, even for, you know, as a business person like yourself to to have a social media presence. So that, that's really good to hear um, that you guys are pressing social media. And I think you guys even have like a unique way to advertise, right? Because most of these gyms are so tight knit and clean with the, the pretty paint on the handles, you know. And so you guys are, are more, you know, like, let's get it done. This is lifting weights. This is what it is. It sounds like, you know, you, you've been lifting weights and you got some big guys in there in the gym. So that's a really cool um, marketing angle to put on social media. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, I've got people that range from, I mean, like you say, the big guys, I've got a couple of little old ladies that are around 70 years old and they get in here and they mesh with the big guys, just like everybody else. It's amazing. I mean, our, our, our facility here, if you, once you're here, you realize that you're family, that's something I've always prided everything on is, is I don't care what you are outside these doors, but when you're here, you're family and not just with me, but with each other, you know, and that actually has brought a lot of business to us just because of that aspect. Yeah, no, definitely. I, and I think especially as smaller, uh, being a smaller gym or a gym that's not connected to these big brand names, having a community is so important because, you know, every business, even a gym is kind of like building a house and it really starts with that foundation. And that foundation is, you know, the proof of product of what you're offering, the community that you're able to build. And, you know, that's why the, you know, the references start trick trickling in and you've been able to last for these seven years because you have proof of product, right? You know, the people, they Absolutely. care about what you offer. They, they love what you're doing. Um, yeah. So, so that's really cool to hear. I know you said that you rely mostly on referrals. Um, is that something that you're able to track month to month to see how many referrals you get per month? Not really. I mean, usually people will come in or they'll call and say, hey, so-and-so told me to call, so-and-so sent me by here, you know, things of that nature. 
yeah as far as any type of tracking system i've never really implemented anything right yeah that is the one thing that i'd say is a downside of referrals yes it's it is a necessity and it, and it proves that you know what you're offering is working um but it is really hard to track although on the first of the year let's say um you're able to get 10 new members in through referrals it's really hard to guarantee or look into the future and you know say okay i'll have a consistent amount of members that are coming within these next few months um have you ever tried anything like like paid advertising or facebook ads instagram ads i have i've, I've done the facebook ads and i have done some paid advertising which the facebook ads i mean I, that that actually seems to get a better response than anything um you know i've gotten several members off of things of that nature um the paid advertising as far as like other than social media it really hasn't benefited us that much you know yeah everything, but now the internet the internet paid advertising seems to do well right the internet paid advertising i mean i talked to a lot of gym owners and that's really been a game changer for a lot of them once you figure out you know your good marketing angle um you have let's say the right people running your ads um it really it's like turning on that faucet it's like adding that second layer to the base of your house um you know that allows members to come in on a consistent basis you know you're able to look at the next few months and be like hey we could get 10 new members in through the door by running you know an ad campaign uh, so that's always a benefit to it but but that's great that you have tried it are you running the ads yourself or do you actually yeah i'm doing them i do them myself good for you good for you i love it how'd you learn just youtube playing with it yeah yeah just just trial and error really same, but, same so far, it's paying off you know yeah yeah no that's good and that's good that you know you're willing to learn we talked a little bit earlier about sometimes you have to wear all the hats to your business and you kind of have to do sometimes you got to learn how to you know hop on here and, and do that digital marketing um but that's awesome with that being said um have you seen any type of results with your paid ads um are you tracking your results well now it, the facebook of course does give you tracking information as far right. as you know results like that so yes you know, as far as how many we get per ad that actually come through the door, I know I have I, I haven't done any tracking on that. Okay, okay, sounds good. So, um, have you considered, you know, possibly even trying any type of Instagram ads? Have you done any Instagram ads as well, or do you focus mainly on Facebook? It's been focused mostly on Facebook, but that's about to transition. That's been something that we've actually been talking about. But you know, Instagram, of course. It's a, it seems like it's a broader spectrum where Facebook, most of it's going to be right within your, your local area. Right, right, right. And, and nowadays, I mean, with all these ads, you know, it's a, it's a love hate relationship, right? Cause they're, they're tracking you. But then at the same time as a business owner, it's like, Hey, I could like literally hit and get thousands of impressions from people that all live around me. Um, you know, that see my facility and, and get them interested in coming in. Um, have you been able to, do you know how many clients are coming in like on a month to month basis off your advertising? Not off my advertising, but I mean, we, you know, we average several a week that, that come Go. in. I mean, some of them may be here for a one month and some of them may be here for a year. Mm -hmm. You know, we do set, uh, I, I don't do any contracts. I never have. Okay. Uh, and I, you know, I'm sure I'll get crucified by some for saying that, but I mean, I've seen people get burned with the contracts and again with us having an old school feel i try to do it that way you know i do push the auto draft just because it's repetitive 
money. They're not having to chase me down. I'm not having to chase them down. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and it sounds like you're kind of a man of the people too, right? Like you want to do what's best for your members. So, so that's really cool that you, you don't do that contract, you know, just to give them the leeway. If, if they do decide to leave or they're moving somewhere, you know, they could break the contract without, without any issues. Um, well, yeah. That's awesome. The, the being kind to your members, actually taking care of their needs. Mm -hmm. That's where most of my referrals probably come from from these members because they matter to me. I mean, they're not just a number. They're not a paycheck. They're not a, a, a gym dude. You know, these are people, you know, I had a motorcycle accident a couple of years ago. My members were calling me constantly, just checking on me, yeah. you know, things like that. And that to me, that's what it's about. Yeah. About taking care of your family, taking care of your members, you know, and your members will take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that even, that proves, you know, the long haul we, we spoke on this, but, you know, most gyms are shutting down two to three years, you know, over 30% of gyms shut down because of COVID. So the fact that you're here really just shows, you know, um, it proves that, that where you're doing is working and, you know, you are building a strong community at your facility. Um, so that's really good to hear. Um, so now, as far as I know, you relying mostly on referrals to get some new clients in. Uh, what does that sales process look like when you find when someone who's interested in your facility, they come in? Um, what does the process look like from turning them into, you know, an interested member into a paid member? Well, what we offer, we offer, of course, 24 hour access to the gym. Uh, we do have tanning that's included with your membership. I don't charge any sign-up fees. I don't charge any cancellation fees or anything like that. You can cancel a membership at any time. Um, and, and honestly, we charge 25 bucks a month. I mean, that's what we charge, $25. And if you set up on auto draft, it's $20 a month, uh, just as an incentive to, to be set up on that program. Um, and I mean, it's worked really well for us. I mean, I, you know, I can't sit here and complain and, and I don't run specials like some other gyms do you know sign up for $15 a month for the first three or something mm -hmm. like that because to me that's not fair to my members that have been here yeah you know if they're paying 20 or 25 dollars why am I going to run a 10 dollar special you know yeah and, and insult the ones that are already here mm -hmm. so and, and but you know that and, and like I say that's kind of paid off for us new year's rolls around I, I, I see all the ads for all these other gyms that are yeah you know, sign up for new, new year, new you, $10 a month. I'm yeah. like, nah, we're not doing that. We Same. want you. You can come here and be family. You know, that's what we have to offer. Yeah. You know, so they always do be like the six week boot camps. Uh, oh yeah. 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 But, but uh, okay. So awesome. So it's kind of just very straightforward, you know, um, your clients, they come in, it's, they like what they see. And, and you could sign up if you're, you know, want to be a part of the community, the culture that you provide at your gym. Sure. And, and I mean, I carry everybody through and I let them take a look at what we have. Cause like I say, we are an old school gym with an old school feel. And, you know, some people, I mean, they want the classes and they want the yoga and they want things like that. And I understand that and that's fine, but I take them through and I show them what we have and, and more sign up than don't. Right. I right. mean, you know, every once in a while I'll get somebody that says, well, I'm really looking for this or that. And I'm like, okay, well that's fine, but you're always welcome to come back. Just, you know, we'll see you next time. Yeah. And, and this is a gym business podcast. Now, have you, how, I know that, you know, classes isn't something you push, but is that something you ever thought about to maybe help increase revenue, increase your profits? 
Um, I actually did. I, I, I thought about that. It's probably been about two years ago. And I started thinking about putting something together because we're, we're on an acre and a half of land and I've got a fantastic backfield. Yeah. It would be great to set up an outdoor boot camp. And I was going to do that. And that's about the time COVID hit. Okay. So the revenue that had been saved, of course, we had to use that to float through, to float through COVID, you know, cause the revenue just right. went straight down from that. Yeah. yeah. Like, like most gyms, you know, I, I think most people were seeing over 50% account freezes or, you know, 50% people leaving. Um, but yeah, I only bring that up just because I do talk to a lot more boutique gyms as well as bigger gyms as well. And that's something that I've seen across the board um, that they've been doing is including things like semi-private training, um, even, you know, some group training as well. But what I've been seeing is a lot of semi-private training that people have been doing where it's, you know, two to four members in the training class. And, uh, you know, it's really helped them with, with growing their numbers. Um, you know, also being able to sell um, you know, packages at, at a bigger premium, because that's one thing I wanted to ask as well. Do you have different layers of service that, you know, you're able to send your clients to? Uh, well, I mean, that would depend on the, the trainers. Right. I mean, as far as any type of personal training, any type of, of, you know, small group training or anything like that, that would be based on the trainers. I mean, they have full use of everything here, full availability, of whatever equipment they need. Okay. Okay. So who does the selling currently for when a new member is coming in? Do you train your, uh, your trainers as well to, uh, to, you know, get new men when a new member is who, someone who's interested, um, do you, is it always you who makes the sale or do you? Well, no, it, my, my wife at times. And then of course the young lady that works for me, which is a trainer herself. Um, usually they'll come in and they'll ask if we have trainers that that's normally, Question number two. First is how much is it? Second is do you have trainers? Okay. Okay. Well, I do have trainers. And then they're like, well, how much is the training? And I said, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you these names, you know, hand them their business cards and say, you can contact any one of these. They'll be able to tell you what their fees and availability is. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So th this is just a question that I like to ask because I think it serves as a great talking point for people who are listening um, but, you know, if you could look at your business right now, what would you say is the biggest bottleneck that, that you're facing right now? I don't really know that we have one currently. I okay. mean, just to be truthful, I mean, everything seems to be running smoothly. Uh, we have a very good, you know, new membership rate. I mean, we get frequently, weekly, we, we get people weekly. I mean, it's, it's very seldom that we don't have a week that somebody new doesn't come in. Um, I really can't think of anything as far as, you know, anything that would be putting the brakes on anything. Okay. No worries. Um, do you, so do you track your, your retention numbers? So, you know, the numbers of people who are leaving your gym and people who are joining on a monthly basis. I don't track them, but I do keep up sometimes with that. And, the average turnover will will lose probably five to six a month, but we'll usually bring in more than that. And most of the time, the five to six that we do lose are people that have come in, it's their first time around a gym, or they want to do something new, and then they just, you know, just kind of fall off the side. 
I mean, it's not necessarily anything. It would be the same no matter what gym they were at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, they would, I mean, you have those that come and they'll be there for a month and then they're just gone. And you have those that come in, they're there for years. And then you have those that are lifers, you know, that have been with you from day one. Right. So do you, have you ever thought about offering, you know, different levels of service, maybe for those people that, that do are leaving all the time that don't really go to the gym often, um, you know, like ways for them to, to feel more connected, to give them more value so that it's not really, um, you know, so nerve wracking coming to, to your facility. Um, do you offer any, like any other levels of service uh, for like newer members, you know, so if they come in with a goal to lose weight, um, do, is there anything that you offer for their client journey? Well, we, of, of course, we have the health food store here, the supplement store, Healthy Bites. And now I do offer extended discounts for my members. Okay. I mean, so if they need any type of supplementation, if they need help with diets, if they need help as far as exercise programs and things like that, now we do offer that if they need it. And that's not necessarily something done by a trainer. That can be done by me or you know, any of those that, are, that work here with me. I mean, we can, we can help them find where they want to be. We can help them, we can help them meet their goals. And we try to frequently. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool that you have a whole, you know, supplement and, and health shop that's connected to your gym. Because I do like to say that, you know, people will be buying these services outside of your facility. So to have it included or connected to your facility, I mean, really makes it all that much better for yourself as an owner. It does. I mean, everything is right here. I mean, I can walk out one door and walk right into the other at any time. Um, and I mean, we have all, all the different products. I mean, I have plenty of the sports nutrition type things. We have the health food stuff. We have the, the vitamins, we have the minerals, we have the herbals, um, you know, and, and that is something that I do offer to my members. I mean, now my prices are pretty competitive, but I still offer my members that extra, that extra discount to try to help them right get where they need to be. And, and are a lot of your members, do they actually go and, and buy supplements from you, from your, uh, the shop that's connected to you? They do. They do. We have, we have a very good turnover from the gym and we've only been in business on that part, probably about six months now. So it's still growing. Uh, of course it was something that we come up with during COVID that we really needed to do. And, uh, you know, right now it's, it's a, it's a business in progress. You know, right. it's, we're, we're going to build it up and hopefully, you know, we, like we spoke earlier, that's what I'm hoping to be my retirement one day. So, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's grow or die, right? Like you either got to pivot and grow with the times or well, when I, when I talked to my wife about all this to begin with about the, the supplement store, I said, failure is not an option here. Yeah. You know, that's, there, there is no room for, for it not making it. We're going to do whatever we have to do to whatever degree we have to do it to make this work. Right. And if you're not continuously moving up and forward, you know, if you're staying stagnant, you're dying, you know, your business is you're not getting anywhere. No, right. you're, 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 you're eventually going to fall. So you have to continue to push that level to a higher expectation. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome, John. So, you know, if you could look at the next six to 12 months here, what would you say is really your goal with your facility? My goal is to increase members. And like, like, you know, we, we talked about the boot camp type thing. I mean, that, that's something, even if we don't do aerobic classes, I would like to have the boot camp obstacle course type things to do. And of course, the, the supplement store. I mean, I would really like to see a, a, a large growth there as well.
Awesome. Awesome, John. Yeah, no, that sounds great. And, and if it sounds smart to, to do the boot camp, I think that would be really smart to hold outside of your facility, especially you have an acre and a half, correct? Yes. And, you know, we have a lot of law enforcement that come through here, um, things of that nature. So when these guys are training, getting ready for academies or just to stay in shape, that boot camp facility out here, if we, if we can get it built, would be a very beneficial thing to them. Yeah, you know, no, well no, as just the regular members. Right, definitely, definitely. All right, well, John, I think that's, you know, a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on this episode. Um, but before we sign out of here, please, you know, give a shout out to your website or social media pages, uh, just so the listeners could find some more info on you and your gym. Well, the Slaughterhouse Gym on Facebook, uh, for some reason, it tells you it may be offensive when you, when you type it in, but there's nothing offensive there, I swear, unless you don't want to see gym weights. So I don't know why it does that, but that's, that's where we do our, our advertising currently. All right. I love it. I love it. I, I need to give myself a slaughterhouse t-shirt, man. I, I, hey, send me your address. I will have you one on the way. Oh man. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> and, you know, I absolutely appreciate your time and, you know, I look forward to seeing you and what you could accomplish down the road. Um, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. As for the listeners, don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back, guys, to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we dive in the trenches with gym owners. We talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly sides of the business of fitness. I'm your host, Austin Montero. Today, we're joined by Devin Penner from Training Grounds Gym in St. Malo, Manitoba, Canada. Did I get that right, the town? I got that right. I actually can't hear you. My, fr You can't hear me? Can you hear me now? I can hear you. I'll, I'll start it over. That was weird. Yeah, it said Austin Audio muted. What the hell? <laughs> all right let's try this again man it's good old zoom uh that's weird yeah let me know uh if that happens again but yeah it'll, okay we'll give it a shot sorry about that all right three two one welcome back guys to the gym lords podcast where we dive in the trenches with gym owners we talk about the good the bad and the ugly sides of the business of fitness i'm your host austin montero today joined by devin penner of training grounds gym st mallow manitoba canada devin what's up man Hey, how's good? Good to be on. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. Looking forward to talking to you and uh, learning about your business, your experience as an entrepreneur in the fitness space. Uh, so let's get after it, man. Training, gr training Grounds Gym. You told me you opened like some four years ago. What, yep. led, you, what led you to open this gym and what's that ex uh, entrepreneurial experience been like for you? Um, I, I was part of another gym for many years, uh, just a co-op gym. Being in small rural Manitoba, there's nothing there for big gyms. Yeah. Um, I was part of that gym for many years. And then I started making my own home gym just to get uh, just family life. I have a couple of the businesses, we're getting busy, so I'll spend more time with my wife and kids. So I started making my little gym at home. 
I had a little shop, a 40 by 80 shop, 40 foot by 80 foot shop. Um, and then we started uh, offering little classes, conditioning classes um, as a way to, uh, to give back to, to people. Um, I grew up as a very, I was very, very overweight. Um, found fitness as a way to deal with the bad, bad depression instead of doing uh, the other things that people do with depression. Right. Um, so my way of giving back was uh, I made these little, me and my wife, she's, she's more supportive than I am, but uh, we started giving back, making these little conditioning classes yeah. for just local people who were really overweight or really overshaped, out of shape. And we found uh, there was, there was a big correlation in small towns with people who were severely overweight, um, had very low paying jobs and couldn't afford to get a, a personal trainer. Yeah. Um, so we started offering these classes at $5 a class. We figured anybody can afford five bucks. Right. Um, you know, you can go for it. You can get a coffee. If you can get a coffee, you can come to a fitness class. Right. Right. We did this and it was actually our bread and butter. We ended up getting, we had a limit class size. We're getting 20, 25 people showing up to each class, um, aging from 12 year old kids to I think our oldest one was a 75 year old lady. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so that's how we got started was just doing classes. I try to give back to the kind of the people I was back when I started, right? Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. It's coming from that place of passion and uh, something good we experienced through, from fitness to give back and serve our community. So that's really cool, man. So uh, talk to us um, about your actual physical location. I know it's in your on your land, in your town, and your demographic is a smaller place. So let's just kind of tell, tell listeners of, uh, paint a picture of us of like the demographic and landscape of St. Malo, Manitoba. All right. So St. Malo, um, I grew up a couple miles from St. Malo my whole life, but I ended up moving there seven years ago. It's a population of about, in 2016, showed 1,227 people. I don't think it's grown too much since then. Um, small town uh, has two churches, uh, a grocery store, the hardware store. Actually, the lumber store shut down a couple years ago. We got still a hardware store a gas station. Um, the, the big thing in town is hockey. We've had a, several NHL players come out of St. Malo. Sure. Um, Travis Hamnick is the most famous one. Yeah. Um, but uh, so the town is small, mostly farmers. It's all farmland. Yeah. Um, about an hour north of Winnipeg is well, 40 minutes north of Winnipeg. That's the big city. We're probably about wow. 30 minutes north of the U.S. border. Okay, gotcha. So north gotcha. Dakota, yes. So there's not much there. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So this makes it unique, man, like from like We'll say a marketing perspective and a growth perspective, right? So, like, yes. uh, are there any other gyms in your town? I know you said you worked with a gym previous, a co-op type of business. Is that still around? Yeah, there's there's another gym ten minutes up the road um, yeah. in the town of Saint Pierre, another small town. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's got about two. I was on the board there for many years. It's got about two hundred twenty members, uh, but they've been around for yeah. to get to that. They've been around for sixteen wow. years or almost twenty years, right? That gym's been around. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So with Training Grounds Gym, Jim, right now, uh, Devin, how many members are you guys serving currently? As of today, we're at 108 members. Awesome, man. That's really good. Congrats, dude. That's badass. Especially in a town of 1,200 people. That's like, that's amazing. So with, uh, with you being open four years, going through this pandemic, COVID, yada, 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 all that stuff, try not to focus on that too much. But um, how have you gone about consistently getting these members in the door? So we, when we started, it was just classes, classes, class. And we had a small space. Right. Um, I had a, had a two-story apartment in the building. Right. Um, that was renting. I tried to just make ends meet on a small town. I started booting my renters out. We're not booting them. Asked them, you know, I took their rent over. It didn't boot them. Um, and uh, we just slowly started growing the gym. Word of mouth. Um, I come from a small town, obviously, and I've been doing strongman for years. So in a small town, if you do anything kind of outside the ordinary, everybody knows your name. 
Yeah. So people wanted to train with me. Um, so we slowly started bringing members that way. And I said, you know what, if we can get to 50 members, yeah. 50 members, I think we'll cap it there. We'll just keep it a private gym at 50 members. Oh. So we got to 50 members um, and we turned full public about two and a half years ago, um, like full public, got rid of the classes okay. um, during the pandemic. Well, so the pandemic hit, right? I hate to bring up the pandemic because I really hate the pandemic, right. um, but the pandemic hit. And so we, we got locked. I don't know how it was. You guys from the States, but we got shit on here in Manitoba. Uh, we got closed down for a couple months, locked down everything. Um, so we closed our gym. We had to. Um, and then uh, and I just put a bunch of money in the gym too. Just oh. bought a bunch of equipment. Uh, renovated the whole thing into full gym. And then we got locked down. So that sucks. Uh, luckily for me, it's on my yard. I could still go. But uh, uh, yeah, there was a couple. We also, we also rent our building to a local church for Sunday night. So there's so... Well, the pastor, which is one of our best friends, he could still come because the church or the gym was his office. So he got lucky during the pandemic. <laughs> but uh, then the pandemic lifted. We just started mostly we've done word of mouth advertising, um, which can be your best advertising and your worst. Right. I mean, it'll kill you if you do anything wrong. Exactly. Yeah. In a small town. Right. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a high school. Right. And that reputation gets out there. Uh, even one wrong thing, a billing issue, uh, a weird uh uh engaged you know conversation engagement yeah it's good and bad like you said i'm so happy you said that man nobody nobody said that to me yet so i'm so happy you said it can also be a poor thing if if some weird thing comes up especially in a small town but uh devin the question i had is uh what made you guys go from that group training to just the open gym model over these past couple years mostly it was the pandemic made us take a bit of a turn um with all the restrictions that came in we couldn't we had to limit our capacity to 25%. So we could have six people. Right. And as much as I love giving back to the fitness people and helping the people who are overweight, um, going in there for two hours for $30 is just not, it's not feasible, no. right? Um, I just didn't have the time. Like I said, I have I have three other companies yeah. um, and I got two two daughters and a wife that need my time as well. And I, I commute to work to my office an hour and a quarter each way. Wow. Um, so I was giving away every, every hour I had in the evening to help yeah. people, which is great, but it takes a toll on family. Yeah, sure. So when the pandemic hit and we could realize we couldn't do the classes anymore with all the restrictions of the sanitation and everything else, <clears throat> we just switched to full public yeah. and then just started offering. Um, my wife got certified in nutrition. Um, so we started offering diets, like or, or sort of meal nutrition advice, yeah. um, private training, personal training, programming, online programming. We just kind of diversified a bit out of just that model of classes only. Right. Makes yeah. Sense. Makes sense. Now, with the personal training side of things, what percentage of the business does that make up compared to like the open gym model, regular membership piece? So, regular membership is our bread and butter. Personal training, one-on-one sessions, we do very, very few of. Yeah. Um, most of our clients in the gym um, do online programming with us. So, I still see them in the gym. Nice. Um, so, I'll do their, they pay me X amount of money a month. I do an online programming through an app. Um, but they they often train with me anyway. So they get, they get the one-on-one time because they're, they're in the gym when I'm there and I'll just help them if I see something wrong or how's your, how's your day going, you know, I keep that communication going. Yeah. Um, the one-on-one sessions, we don't actually get a ton being in a small town. I find, uh, um, it's often a little hard to convince people that, you know, personal training is worth $60 an hour. Right. Well, they don't, they don't, in small towns, they often don't want to pay that. Right. Yeah, man. A lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of belief breaking there. We'd have to, we'd have to do for sure. Like, uh, I, I wanted to ask you, since you are in a small town, it's a very unique model, I think, in a very unique situation. Uh, I have never asked anybody this, but like with Facebook being so big, Instagram, 
Have you guys used any digital marketing in a small area like that to target members to get in the door? Yeah, so we do have a Facebook page um, and an Instagram page. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm working on a website. I'm just not very tech savvy. We try building that thing ourselves. I'm um, just being on a small budget, which not a good idea because yeah. um, uh, I can hardly operate my cell phone on the best of days. <laughs> so um, it was a little harder marketing in a small town, um, but I know Facebook, we disadvantage. You can sort of pick your area that you want to advertise. Right, right. Um, so that really was kind of, that was kind of cheap, right? I mean, you can get $20, $30 advertisements yeah. um, generalized just on an area. Well, on a population of a thousand people, that area ain't big. So you can target the whole dang town with one ad. Sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so then we, we, you got these local pages on Facebook always, right? Like uh, St. Malo friends and neighbors. You got these. So I would post all our class on there. Um, I ran some hockey programs for kids um, that brought a lot of these kids. And actually, I'd say 75% of those kids in those hockey programs from three years ago are all members of my gym now, public members. Okay. So residual from that was huge. And they brought all their friends. Um, sure. So I have a really young um, uh, client base in right. terms of our general members from these young kids. Right. Um, we're really passionate now about, 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 about fitness, which is awesome, right? Yeah, 100%. It's great. Uh, yeah. Keep for life, too, is an awesome thing. So you said you have three other businesses, jobs, uh, a lot of stuff going on, Devin. Busy busy guy, which is awesome, man. Uh, when these new members do come in, uh, first experience, who is the one getting them, you know, say, say somebody reaches out to you on a phone call or through Facebook or they walk in or whatever. Um, how are they get? how are you getting them from that walk-in place to a member? Is there somebody running the intake process, all that sort of stuff? Yeah. So they'll often contact my phone numbers on there. So they'll contact me. Uh, my wife is, uh, I don't want to say stay-at-home mom. So I'll probably get, probably get beat up when I get home. But uh, my wife's been a stay-at-home mom. She we homeschool her kids um, for this year, so she's there on the yard, okay. um, and then she runs my books for some other companies as well. Um, and now she started taking over the whole gym, running that end of things. Yeah. So if somebody wants a membership um, before five o'clock in the evening, my wife will take care of it. Um, she will always actually do all the signups. She does all that stuff. She's better at that stuff than me. Um, generally, every member I try to give a physical walk around the gym because yeah. we have a lot of specialty machines. Um, being my background, I love strength training. I got a lot of specialty machines, a lot of specialty bars um, that help people a lot with injuries. Yeah. That a lot of, I feel a lot of public gyms lack on is uh, they don't get these specialty bars for guys who, you know, the average, the average person, how many people, you know, blow their shoulders doing just lifting groceries and stuff. They tear, their, they tear something wow. and you want to get to gym and you can't even grab a bar. Right. So I, I've been buying, you know, I got the, the, the Elite Fitness SSB Yoke Bar is the best bar, I think, made. I got a lot of different specialty bars and little specialty machines that can help the average person still, you know, keep going in their fitness journey, regardless of what it is. Yeah, yeah, I love that, yeah. I always compare it to, like, a, a car mechanic. Like, if you don't have the right tool to fix the car, you can't fix the car. So, like, having these specialty pieces of equipment, I think, is is awesome, man. So, yeah, Devin, talk to me about – you talked to me uh, off-air about the events you guys do and the Strongman stuff and other community events – I think that's so critical to keeping members engaged and coming back, you know, day after day, week after week, month after month. What events do you guys run there at training grounds just to keep people engaged and to uh, keep them active in your club? So I, I've been huge since I was a kid, um, volunteering in different church things or different funders and things. I go to a lot of funders and auctions if I can. I'm huge on that. I like giving back to the community. Um, so we've been running, uh, there's a, there's one de called deadlift for dreams through the dream factory. It's a big thing in Canada. Um, so we, uh, raise money and you grant a trip. Um, so it'd be like the make a wish foundation. I don't know what it'd be in the States, but yeah. you grant a trip to these kids. So last year we did it for a girl. She wanted to go to France. Um, she has a disease with her lungs and stuff that, uh, 
so it's just pretty shitty disease. So um, I think we raised almost 30,000 last year. Um, so everyone gets together, does a deadlift. We added a strongman aspect to it, did a, did a accident. The pandemic screwed everything up. So we had to do some things digitally because unvaccinated people weren't even allowed to step foot in the gym according to protocols. Yeah. Um, this is off air, right? Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. So we just did a separate thing. I let, let everybody in to do their own thing. Um, so we did that. I, I hold strongman comps in Manitoba. Okay. Um, so uh, that's pretty cool. I have majority of the equipment in the province for competitions. Oh, um, so I had put on one this weekend. I got, I got five this year I'm putting on uh, along with some other gyms. That's awesome. um, so that. that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, and then, uh, we had a bench press for a uh, cancer fundraiser. Okay. Okay. Um, we, we did that. So I, I like to at least do one or two fundraising charity events a year for sure. Uh, do you yeah. see, like, and we always talk about how good our communities are in our gyms. I used to say it every every day. And I was like, I always think of like ways we can measure that. And I think these events are one way we, we can measure like the health of our gym community. And I like the more attendance we get from our members and participation, I think is kind of a great parameter for that. You see a high level of people in your gyms coming to these events, comp competing in them, sharing them on social media, telling their friends, all that good stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. And the amount of money the, the strength community gives back, I look at all the strongman guys or the power guys I train with, and uh, if I mention a charity event, they're all willing to do something stupid and get injured over helping some little kid. Yeah. Um, that just seems to correlate really well with the, you know, the sports. <laughs> yeah, 100%, man, 100%. So we yeah. do strongman events. We have the open gym. We have a PT. Are you looking to add, like, areas of growth? I'm always, I'm, yeah, I'm always like, looking for revenue streams, uh, programs, any other thing that's on your mind right now, top of mind, uh, Devin, like for areas of growth within your gym? Yeah, I'd like to, I, I mean, I'm always trying to grow all my businesses uh, kind of all at the same time, yeah. which is a problem sometimes. But uh, yeah, I think the personal training or the online training, I think is where a lot of people make their money or online coaching. Um, I've got athletes from all over the province. So you, you're, you're, you're tacking into those, you're tapping into different revenue streams there that I can't. They sure. can't come to my gym, but I can still help them, right? And then I meet them at the competitions anyways because I put them on. Right. Um, so that really helps. Um, in terms, of, we, we started doing, uh, we brought in, uh, <clears throat> there's a Supplement brand up here called Supplement King. Yeah. Um, so what we did there is we teamed up with the local Supplement King and uh, worked out a wholesale deal and we're stocking their supplements in our gym. Awesome. So with being 40 minutes away from the near supplement store, Wow. Um, now our members can get, we give them a 10% discount as well from what Supplement King sells for. We, we actually discount 10% if yeah. they buy from our gym and we stock all the supplements they want. So that's a source of revenue. It's not huge, but it's, uh, yeah. it helps bring in members, keep members and it saves them. I mean, as our current fuel price is up here, $2 a liter for gas. Right. Um, that'd be like you guys paying almost nine bucks a gallon. I think you guys would die up there. Nuts. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. So if I can save them 30 bucks from driving to the local store, yeah. Um, it saves them money and it makes me money. Right. Yeah. So we did that. We brought in supplements, um, apparel. We started doing a lot more apparel. Um, I'm looking to bring in small things like vending machines, just try, mm -hmm. trying to tap into the money they would spend at the gas stations, bring it into the gym. Sure. Yeah. Um, little revenue streams that way. Yeah. It all adds up, you know, and like you said, it's, that is a pro to being in a small town. You can be that one-stop shop for, for everybody instead of them driving 30 miles with gas being astronomical and like, don't see it going down anytime soon. So yeah, that's really cool, man. I, I always love that. The merch piece, supplement piece, anything yeah. with nutrition or meal planning, anything along those lines. Yeah. Like my wife does all the nutrition coaching. Um, 
So she's doing that. We have, we advertise that just to our members. So far, we haven't done a huge outreach on that. Right. Um, maybe once the website set up, we'll have that. So she's doing that. That'll be a big source of revenue, I think, for her um, and myself. I don't have the time for the nutrition. Um, I don't like the nutrition side of things. I think there's there's a lot of emotion tied to dieting. And uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh, my my wife can tolerate that better than I can. I'm a little too cut and dry. Um, but uh, that's a huge avenue. The 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 nutrition side and the online coaching side. I mean, if you look, all these influencers and stuff, that's where these guys are making a ton of money, right? And I don't want to go that. I'm not a cookie cutter kind of guy. I I take the time and write every program individually. I don't even have any set programs, which yeah. I know isn't smart on a business side of things, but I don't want to have a cookie cutter program system. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's where we're going to make majority of money in the future is through online programming, online nutrition. I agree 1000%, man. Again, especially being in a small town, we only have so many people, uh, you know, to to pull from can you hear me can you hear me good yep yep i can't hear you can't hear me what the heck my mute is off can you hear me now anything dev you got me no i can't sorry yeah so weird i don't know what that was that's uh zoom for you we rolled yep. man we rolled it. it's, it's the gym business it's part of the the, the day to day you know but um yeah i still agree with you on uh two biggest areas of growth being this online coaching business like that, that space is growing, as you know, massively by 2027, it's a $59, $59 billion a year business, which is insane. So if we have wow. a, 5 billion this year, so within the next five years, that growth is like super exponential. And so uh, I think the way to go, especially being in a small town, you have a small pool of people to pull from in the gym yeah. that you can like, you know, you can serve. So like, it's like, I'm always like thinking other ways to, to uh, grow our sphere of influence and to just serve more people. And I think that's the, the way to do it 1000% without being a crazy influencer and being all nutty and being like, you know, yeah, out of the road or something like that. Yeah, it's insane. But, um, and the nutrition piece, yeah, a big piece part of it too. So I love that, man. I love your mindset there. Uh, big, big picture, Devin, like for this business. So two questions, man. What would you like for the business and then from the business at the end of the day? For the business, so the goal with the business originally was when we bought our property, it's, a, it's an expensive property. The goal was to make enough income off our property to sustain the property. Right. Um, that if all my other businesses tanked, which obviously I hope they don't, um, that I could sustain my lifestyle just off the gym. Right. Um, and we're almost there now. So that's that's from starting off with the gym saying I'm going to keep it private and 50 members to now being sustained our lifestyle is this kind of this kind of great. Um, I would like to see, I think the, the online thing is where it's going to be. Um, I didn't realize it was going to be 59 billion. That's, that's a crazy number. Crazy. It's uh, crazy. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to have to do something because I'm, I'm not pretty enough for OnlyFans. So um, yeah, no one wants to see me taking the holes off. So uh, where do I see, what do I see for it? Yeah. I just see growth. I don't, I don't see, I think we'll probably cap out summers around, I don't see us getting past 150, 200 members in the next coming years, just right. due to the population in the area being able to come in terms of brick and mortar. Sure. Um, but I think uh, brick and mortar studios through the pandemic took a big, big hit and a lot of them closed. Right. So I don't know what the future is looking like for brick and mortar locations. Right. Yeah. Um, I think people are more looking for at home programs. Now a lot of at home gyms started. So I think that's where a big, big push can be in the market. Maybe it's, it's coaching people from home. I agree, man. Yeah, selling coaching and results at the end of the day. Like I said earlier, we can just reach so many more people through this online space than, than ever before. So, and obviously that's not going to go anywhere, you know, but um, 
Devin, any advice that you, so we have listeners that are like want to open a gym or get in this business or trainers now, they want to go down this route of gym ownership. Um, I know you kind of opened this kind of, I don't want to say randomly, but it kind of just happened, right? Organically, maybe is a better word. Yeah. What advice would you give for that person listening? They want to open a gym, whether it's big, small, medium size, what have you. Any advice you give that person listening uh, just to set them up for success? Yeah. So what the way I did it, I'll give you, um, I mean, I bought a house with a shop on the yard. So that was the first step. Um, I made it so at least my my building was on my mortgage. Right. Um, that's obviously not feasible for everybody. But that huge help that helped me because I, I could already sustain the mortgage. So I already could pay for the building. Yeah. Um, I had an idea of always starting a gym. There's never been it is created organically, but I always wanted a gym. Right. So what I did is I, I took I took a little longer approach than most maybe want to take is I just started keeping cash on hand and waiting for gyms to this sounds bad, but waiting for gyms to go bankrupt. Right, right. Um, people who are losing their businesses, it sounds bad, but uh, they're gonna need they're gonna need money and they're gonna need stuff and amounts of me those buying it. Yeah. So I would go buy pieces from people, um, gyms I looked around with, and uh, I started buying their pieces for, for cash out the back door. Really, you know, yeah. I'd get them I'd get them for ten twenty cents in the dollar, right. um, which is hard to find out because everybody's doing that. Right. But uh, I just started acquiring enough the main focus pieces that I could open up a gym. So I didn't have everything. I started out with, I had a squat rack, I had the big universal system, like I had an eight-way cable system, right. a bench, um, a lat tower system. I had just the basics of a small town gym. Right. And that allowed people, because people will pay 50 bucks a month to come right. to a small town gym, just so they, just so they can get some exercise. You get a treadmill, a bike, um, an elliptical, and then just some small pieces that people are willing to pay money already in a small town. Yeah, sure. Um, and that's how I got my start. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Start small. Yeah. Start small grow and lead with revenue as you go and then to slowly build and uh yeah man again you have a unique situation being that one you own the building whether it's on your on your your home property or, or, or in town which i think is a huge asset obviously as opposed to leasing somewhere um you know a lot of folks can't do that right away but that's a whole nother conversation but uh yeah i think that's really unique and you know i asked you all fair but you're going to keep this location in this property right you don't have any plans to move it anywhere else or if the goal is to the idea is to stay here yeah the goal is i've been asked to i've been asked to branch off by numerous towns and build the same location i have the same setup i have in other towns okay um i've had two people approach me if i would do the same thing there just because the style of gym i have is it's 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 really cool it adapts to any population right. um between sports specific strongman piloting and just general general public but right. uh as of right now we're going to stick where we are i think uh if i reach 200 members i said i'll do an expansion yeah. But because uh, I do, I, I do offer some boxing coaching too. So I have that, I have that in there as well. Okay. So I probably will expand, but uh, I don't think I'll expand off my property right now. I think that's where it's It's just, it's, right. it's affordable. Um, I can keep buying equipment every month with the income. So I can just keep upgrading every month. Sure. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Be the best gym in the area. You see any challenges uh, preventing you from getting to that 200 member number, you know, sooner rather than later. Yeah, um, I'll definitely have to do some advertising and reach out to some of the smaller communities in the area, which I haven't done yet. Right. Um, you, you have to, the rural area, you know, to get to 200 members, I'm not going to get 20% of my community in the gym. It's just not going to happen. Um, but if I can take 5% of the next four communities in the area, then I'll get to my 200 members. Sure, sure. So I'll have to do, have to do some outreach on there, some advertising going forward on that point. I think that's going to be the slow part is just getting those people that are willing to drive the 20, 30 minutes to the gym. Right, um, right. Yeah, because from me to from me to the U.S. border, there is no gyms. So there's 30 minutes by 
30 minute drive by an hour each way because there's no gyms. Ooh, man. Okay. So, that's so there's a big draw there. Yeah. Interesting, interesting place, man. Yeah, for sure. Like pros and cons across the board, but if you're the only gym in the area, like, yeah, target those people. And maybe it is using some digital marketing to reach out to a bigger demographic, you know, just because you're in a unique situation there. Uh, may be helpful, you know, may not, who really knows, but I think it's something to definitely probably think about and utilize to get, to get to that 200 number, uh, 200 member number, you know, again, sooner than later, man. So, so Devin, I love it. Um, I think it's a great place to wrap this thing up. Where can the listeners find you on, on, uh, Instagram, social media, your website, where can we find training grounds gym? Uh, if you go on Instagram, it's uh training grounds gym on Instagram. Um, and same thing with Facebook. Now there is a couple training grounds gyms in the States as well, from what I can see, but, uh, yeah, that's where they can find us. It's training grounds gym on Instagram and training grounds gym on Facebook. Awesome, man. Devin, I love it. Appreciate you coming on today, man. Wish you guys the best of luck here in the future and moving forward. And, uh, thank you so much, man. All right. Thank you. You got it. All listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like, and subscribe to be notified for future episodes. And until next time, gym Lords, we are out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Jason from Proteus Fitness in San Diego, California. What's up, Jason? How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. So let's waste no time here getting into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own facility? How did you get started? Yeah, my uh, prior to that, uh, I was uh, working in a business management agency for professional athletes. So I was traveling all over the world, supervising their own training, watching them go from their team camps and their team SNC to their own personal training in the off season. We had academies down in the Dominican Republic for baseball. Um, I was a baseball player through college. And so it was a bit of my passion there and was doing a lot of babysitting of professional athletes who were making millions of dollars going to the NFL draft and major league baseball players and hockey players. And at the time I had a 10 year old son and a five year old son who were both back here in San Diego and had a bit of an epiphany on an airplane flight to the Dominican one time that I was spending way too much time investing in in other men and other boys and, and facilitating their own athletic development and neglecting my own son. So uh, at the time I was training here in San Diego at a place called Velocity Sports Performance. I uh, just gotten my 10 year old son engaged in training to develop his athletic foundation. And uh, one day after training, I had just approached uh, one of the owners and said, Hey, look, I don't know where you're at with this business, but if there was ever an opportunity, you wanted to sell it, 
I'd be interested in buying it. And that process actually went pretty quick. And so that, that was the, that was the genesis of it, but my coaching background and my passion for developing, developing people, transforming people. And then particularly that sort of that boys to men rite of passage for young athletes and young Mm -hmm. competitors. That was a big passion point of mine. So this was a fusion to take everything that I saw at all the top facilities in the world with the best professional athletes, distill it down into something that we could deliver to the developing athlete, to the emerging athlete, uh, their preparation for the arena, uh, the integration of the nutrition, the recovery, the mental skills and the mindset, mindset formation that they needed uh, to, to level up essentially and not just be a recreational athlete. So we, we fused all that together and we went off to the races at that point. Awesome. All right. I love that. So today, what does your business model look like? How do you structure things within the business? Do you do mostly one-on-one sessions? Do you do semi-privates, sports teams, large groups? Kind of how does that all work? And um, the majority of our business is, is group training and team training. Um, okay. And I would say we're, we're in a transition where um, our, our, our vision has been uh, to create the fully integrated academy, sports academy. So uh, we bring in skills coaches now that work with them in whatever sport that they're in on the technical, sort of the micro skills around their could even be positional driven. And then we handle all the strength and conditioning. Um, strength training is the foundation of all athletic development. So we, we're going to be way more biased to barbell training and the strength side of things than most sport performance centers that tend to focus more on kind of speed and agility because it's a bit sexy, but honestly just doesn't have a big ROI in terms of athletic development. So, Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll finish with all the recovery tools and nutrition, not my nutrition coach. So we'll, you know, we'll individualize that, personalize that as, as needed. Um, And then we can get into some of the conditioning energy system demands of those athletes. So, we, in the last year, we've built out uh, a 20,000 square foot outdoor training center, essentially, where we have half of a football field equivalent, uh, all under lights, the nicest possible surface. Um, and then we have a 4,000 square foot outdoor weight room that looks just like a college standard weight room. We're in San Diego, so the weather here is great. So it's actually, uh, it's a portable military grade hangar uh, that they might use out in the desert to pop up. Um, uh, a covering over their planes and their jets and what have you. We use that to pop over our weight room. And so it's pretty brilliant. We just roll up the sides during the day and everything flows onto the field. And so we'll, ro- we'll rotate athletes from skills training and conditioning on the field. They might be practicing with their team. If that team has a contract with us to come on site and then they roll right into their group or team training sessions with us in the weight room. Um, you know, from a business standpoint, private training, personal training doesn't scale. Uh, yes, we do it, uh, but it tends to be athletes that have very tight schedules or athletes that specialize in a particular sport or position. For example, I, we, I, I personally train a water polo goalie. Um, and so it allows us to really, and she's in high school, she's kind of nearing college. So we're able to specialize her sessions a little bit, but it's personal training, private training. It's, you know, 80% of it is still the same across the board for most athletes in our system. Mm-hmm. And then we'll polish off and, and, sort of personalize the last 20, 20%. Um, and then we also have a, a, a contract with a professional soccer team. We've done that historically as well. I was the head strength and conditioning coach for a professional rugby team based here in San Diego. And the contract was with us as a facility. So we provided a completely turnkey solution to them 
where, yeah, we were handling the strength and conditioning work, but we also had the facility and we had all the equipment and we had all the GPS units and we had all the, 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 the laser gates for all the testing. So they would just contract with us. I would allocate my staff, our hours, our facility, our IP, our expertise to them. And it was completely turnkey. And we're now doing that in professional soccer as well. So group, group and team training is the, is the focus. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. sounds like you've got a pretty cool setup there and your location allows you to have that cool setup as far as being outside and open space. And, um, sounds like a pretty cool place to be. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's brilliant. No, we, we created a, a sort of the, the ultimate playground for an athlete. Yeah. So they're now without excuse. And we're, we're actually attached. We're outdoors. Uh, and attached to a conventional fitness center called Fit Athletic. Um, okay. So they've got, I don't know how many square feet indoors, um, but we're able to also access their amenities and their facilities indoors, which for us then creates the ultimate sort of high performance center for a young athlete. Because, Like, for example, tonight we had a high school rugby team that played a match late Saturday. Tonight we're doing a bit of a recovery session. So they'll do skills with their uh, director, coaching director on the field but then we'll be in the spin room. We're going to do some intervals on the bikes and then we'll have the whole team. We have an Olympic sized swimming pool. So we'll be doing some calisthenics, some dynamic work and some breath work in the pool to finish. So um, we have more tools in our toolbox. And, and ultimately, again, from a business standpoint, all of this boils down to the caliber of experience you provide to your clients. Mm-hmm. And for us, we want it to be a world-class high performance center. And we have all the amenities and the bells and the whistles. So yeah, um, yeah it's, it's brilliant. Awesome. Okay. And as far as number of athletes that you're serving currently, uh, what does that look like? How many athletes are you currently serving within the facility? It's about 200, maybe 250. Um, and that number, you know, if you think about our, our niche of serving student athletes for nine months out of the year, they're in school. Like right now they're in class, right? So mm-hmm. our morning, our, our morning times and our, our first half of our day is spent planning, preparing, programming, and then marketing business development all has to happen between now and two o'clock this afternoon right Uh, from two o'clock to eight o'clock we're slammed and then so (laughs) then we just get on a on an hourly rotation and uh, merge you know mesh our groups uh we start young and then we work to older as the night goes on um but then in the summertime we get their mornings and so we pack out the morning schedule as well we'll have a morning session and which is generally going to be for those that are more committed they get up early they take their training and uh, their, their personal development a little more seriously. We maintain the evening groups as well, but we'll have a, a rotation of coaches that'll come in then for uh, an afternoon session. And then our professional contract uh, with the soccer team, they, the, the weeks are a little bit different depending on when they play, but they're also in there two, three times during the week in the middle of the day. So it makes for you know, pretty full days, pretty full coaching days. And we're very emotional, passionate coaches. And so it's a, you know, it's a big load. We don't try to go 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night. It's just not right. sustainable. It's not good for you in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 50. I'm too old for that anyway. Uh, so, um, so it in the summertime, our population expands, um, and then with this contract, this professional soccer team, they actually have 10,000 players nationwide. So we're working with their leadership team right now on nationwide initiatives for um, digital, you know, a digital platform to provide training doing combine testing, moving around to their different locations to provide standardized testing, um, player development, report cards, that type of thing. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about scalability. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's what it is. Like this, this, if you're going to read scalability in, in this industry, you have to be able to tap, 
you know, little mini blue oceans like that, where you've got right. hundreds and thousands of people, and then you're, you, you, then you just have to go to work creatively on the inside. How do you, how do you serve them? What tools can you put into their hands? So that again, it's not all one plus one. Uh, you've got to, you've got to create some multiplier effect. And honestly, whether, whether you're training athletes or training adults, I personally just believe that's in the group training environment. Um, mm -hmm. So if you can bring very individualized coaching, whether that be from sort of niching your groups and uh, the offerings that happen at different times of day. So if you have one client who, you know, he wants hypertrophy, wants size, okay, you, you, you need to come alongside of him and support him as a coach with the training, the nutrition, the recovery that he needs for his week. Mm -hmm. And that can be done in a group setting because he's, there's not, nothing really unique about him. So right. put 20 of those guys together or gals and then, the flip side goes, if you got 20 guys, gals together that want to lean up, okay, we'll individualize their programming as well, but it's still all in the context of the group setting. Right. Uh, everything nowadays is so hyper-individualistic and everybody wants to customize this and customize that, but human performance is very general. I mean, we all, our bodies are designed the same way. Our elbows bend the same way. We have the same organs. And so we don't need to make it so complicated from a training standpoint. It's really about yeah creating good offerings, good experience, giving them what they really need. Yes, a little bit of what they want, but mm -hmm. results, you know, results is what drives it. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Simple scales. You know, yep. a lot of people overcomplicate things to an extent where they actually hurt themselves. You know, Agreed. I see it all the time. It's, it happens all the time, but keeping it more simple allows you to scale further. And that's yep. usually what people want, but they end up with the opposite. Um, so now as far as marketing goes and getting the word out there about what it is that you do, what does that look like for you? How are you getting the word out there to more people, more athletes? Yeah. Well, in all honestly, honesty, being transparent here, it's the part of our business that we struggle with the most. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's, um, you know, part of it is an educational problem where people perceive training sort of, it, it's all the same. Right. So I'm going to just go to the places that are closest to where I live because a strength coach there is the same as a strength coach or a performance coach across the way or speed training. The guy in the park, he uh, he played football and, you know, 10 years ago in college at some junior college in Alabama. So he must be really good at teaching speed. Uh, so there's there's a lot of impediments that we have to get around and we beat our head against the wall with a website, web design, blogging. Uh, Facebook ads, email contacts. And uh, honestly, uh, the, the shift that I made a couple of years ago, kind of coming out of COVID was mm -hmm. to be entirely relational and entirely business development oriented. So I'm going to go, as I mentioned a minute ago, I went to a, a, a soccer club that had 10,000 kids in it. And I convinced the CEO of the club that their athletes should be training with us. Mm -hmm. So now that club markets for me, essentially. And I don't have to right. worry about picking off each individual soccer player. Yes, I need to have a digital presence that reinforces the recommendation that that director is making that, hey, Proteus Athletes, the best in town. This is you know, the nicest facility. This is where we want to be. And then we have to deliver on that experience once those athletes are there. But honestly, as I tell people all the time and work with marketing groups, if I get a lead to, into my facility, I will close them. Mm -hmm. they will stay and they're sticky. I mean, we have college athletes that started with us when they were eight, they went through the whole, you know, progression of the youth program to the middle school program, to the high school program, to the sports specific program. Mm -hmm. um, so they're, they're not going anywhere. It's just getting them there. And um, 
I, I think one fallout of COVID was that people got so inundated with digital marketing because we couldn't meet, right? We couldn't develop relationships. We couldn't talk. We couldn't have consults and evals. And so everything went to Zoom and email. And we noticed a big drop off in sort of the engagement of our email marketing after COVID as well. I think people just got numb to it. Yeah. the flood of, of digital marketing. Mm -hmm. And so again, I just went back to relationships. We went back to leveraging the pockets of relationships where we had the most traction, where people perceived the most value add in what we do. And then we just went deeper with them. And that's provided a, a great platform for us to now grow and to, to figure out how to leverage and scale and even think about other facilities down the road. Um, we, we have a niche in the sport of rugby here in San Diego um, and USA just received the, the world cup bid for 2031. So nine years from now, the United States is going to host the world cup in rugby for the first time ever. And so you think about what's happened in soccer and the MLS uh, that sport has exploded. And I think rugby has a similar potential. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's an area where we're going to go really deep. We're going to cultivate deep relationships and develop, uh, deep networks in that particular sport um, and, and, and drive traffic there as well. But it's, it, you know, over the years, it's been a bit of a shotgun approach, try a little bit of everything. Um, mm -hmm. And I can't honestly tell you, here's the one thing that works the best, except developing relationships, like the business development of relationships, and then backing up what you're asking them to do with a, a first class experience and treating people right. extremely well. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have, I have two sons myself, 20 and 20 and 15. And so I, I can speak to parents, you know, from a parental standpoint, as well as a coaching standpoint, Hey, look like what we do in here, I do it for my sons so that they're strong, fast, tough, durable, unbreakable, competitive, and it works. I can point to them because they've, they've had some success, uh, in their, in their journey, but, you know, breed trust, develop trust, you know, what you see is what you get. We're the real deal. Um, mm -hmm. if you don't like it, you know, let's, let's have a chat. So yeah, if anybody has any, you know, secret sauce as to what they think is the, the Holy grail of lead development in the performance business, I'd love to know it, but it's, it's been an interesting, uh, way of learning, you know, life, life cycle of learning over the last few years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It tends to be that way across the industry, you know, whether it be athletics or general fitness or martial arts or whatever it might be, it's kind of typically the same kind of thing there. I always suggest having multiple poles in the water, you know, yeah, because exactly. of course, of course the word of mouth, the referrals are great. We love those because those people know exactly what it is that you do They They come in, they're ready essentially, uh, but not trackable, right? It's right. like, you can't rely on them on a monthly basis. So if you can have another source, another platform to use that is trackable, uh, if we can't track it, we can't grow it. So it makes it right. a little bit harder when we just rely on word of mouth and referrals, but yeah, I mean, having some Facebook advertising, um, I know a lot of people don't really like to hear it, but TikTok is up and coming as far as an advertising platform goes. Um, so, and then those connections that you're making as well, especially with those larger teams that have, you know, 10,000 athletes, that's huge. Yep. But yeah, always just multiple poles in the water, just in case one flows down, you can rely on another. Yeah, so, no, I love that. Makes yeah. Sense. Uh, so as far as big picture goals go for you, where are you directing most of your attention right now within the business to get to the next level? So it's, um, it's, it's scaling the group training experience. 
mm-hmm. um, which requires coaches. So for right. me right now, I'm on a big coach development uh, push, um, not only to hire really good talent, but to start to spend more of my time developing people and developing coaches, um, leveraging my experience and transferring that to them. I, I love to coach. I love to be in the weight room. I love to be on the sidelines of the field with our athletes as they compete, but that's not scalable. Uh, my time and attention is, you know, the more you grow, the more divided it gets. So uh, coach development so that we can grow, we can grow the number of programs and initiatives that we offer at our current facility as well as the opportunity to potentially uh, grow into other locations and uh, to scale that way. So <clears throat> that's a big part of the growth initiative. Number two is just going deep into those sports that I mentioned. So rugby and soccer. Soccer is already established as a massive market in the, the, the athletes that we train. Rugby is the, the next frontier. San Diego is a, is a hotbed of rugby talent. So we have some of the best coaches in the country, a USA national team based here. Um, and, and it's a sport that requires strength and power. So it's not unlike soccer, even baseball a bit. We seemingly have to convince parents that, yeah, being strong and being durable and staying on the field and being competitive and the, and the sort of the mental confidence that you get from being in the weight room. Mm-hmm. This is part of the process. This isn't a nice to have in the one month of the summer that you have off from playing your sport nowadays. It's what you do all year round. It's part of your journey. For some sports, it's just uh, beating your head against the wall. Parents just don't get it. Coaches don't get it. We're seemingly competing with the clubs for nights of the week. Um, And so, again, the thing I love about rugby, number one, it's an incredible coaching challenge because of the physical physical demands of the sport. But athletes in that sport want to be in the weight room. They want to condition hard. They want to be physically durable. And so it just it feeds right into our culture and our way of life. Um, so that the sport niches is going to be a, a, another growth market. And I think the the third one is the model that we're proving out right now, which is us as a sport performance center or an athletic performance center being attached to general fitness mm-hmm. and the general population and developing cross collaboration with the personal training uh, coaches inside of the fitness center so that we can we can help them sort of expand their knowledge base or their understanding about how to train athletes or sorry, how to train adults utilizing some of the, you know, the, the progression mechanisms and the periodization and the methods that we use in training athletes. Because again, whether you're in my views, whether you're six or 60, you're still designed to be athletic. And especially as right. you're going later in life, you know, keeping lean mass on and being strong and being mobile, these, these should be your number one priorities, not running 20 minutes on a treadmill. It's just right. stupid. Uh, so yeah, um, so helping personal certified personal trainers become, you know, or at least integrate more strength and conditioning type training initiatives and methods and getting them comfortable with that and developing collaborations because the parents of our athletes, we want them inside training as well. And part of the value proposition for us to our clients is that you can do that all at the same time. So it's convenient for you now to drive. 45 minutes because while your son or daughter or with us at the performance center for an hour, two hours, you're inside, you're exercising, you're doing your program, hit the sauna, do a quick swim in the pool or an ice bath, and then mm-hmm. feel like a million bucks. Like how right. good is that for a family? So, right. uh, yeah. so those, yeah. those are the three, those are three priorities. Yeah, definitely a convenience factor there having that yeah. general fitness side of things for parents to be able to become a part of as well. And then also, uh, 
now with that is that so that's a separate business correct separate business correct yeah but they get uh they get a, a special rate discounted rate to join there um if Got they're okay. clients of ours if their son or daughter are training with us um so we've tried to it, it, it's worked extremely well um mm -hmm. i tell parents like training is not a spectator sport so don't come into our performance center and just sit on the sidelines to watch your son or daughter train if you want to do that for five minutes that's great Mm -hmm. But go inside, like go exercise, go, go take care of yourself as well. Um, and the reason that I want to integrate and collaborate with the fitness side is so, so that it's being done the right way. And, um, you know, that household is being fed and served and, and built and fortified with, you know, proper training, proper approaches on nutrition and recovery discipline and um, just a way of life. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and have you, I, maybe this is later down the line, but work something out with that side of things. Whereas if you send people to them, you're getting some type of cut of that or how does, how does that work? Yeah, we have not, we have not gone that far. We kind of just done it out of the, the goodness of our heart, right? Yeah. They, they were very, they were very generous to us in offering a discount to our families. So if, if the athlete, if they're already paying for their athletes to train with us, mm -hmm. then uh, Fit Athletic has given our families a discount. And I, that to me is, it, that's part of making us appealing. So if we have a new family that comes in and I can articulate that to them, hey, you're here because you want your son or daughter to train with us, but did you know that you can also get discounted access or privileged access to the fitness center inside? Then it's a it's a one two punch. I think it makes this the, the sales a bit bit of a no brainer uh, right. when we do that. So, and we're not driving hundreds and hundreds of households in there. That may that may change real quick, and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll deepen that collaboration. But so far, it's just been developing the flow and the rhythm and uh, sort of again culture for me. Every culture is everything in the training environment. Um, yeah, absolutely. And we, yeah. We're very intentional about that. The fitness business, where you know, walk into an LA Fitness or a Planet Fitness or a uh, you know, twenty-four hour fitness, the culture is a mishmash of everything that everybody brings in there. There's no common thread of this is who we are. This is what we're aspiring to be. It's whatever you want to do. You're basically it's basically a real estate play. Here's all of our real estate. Rent it out for an hour. Do whatever you want to our equipment, and then leave. Whereas right. we're, we're very intentional about our culture. And for us, I mean, we have a tagline, high performance is a way of life where we, we touch every, you know, all 24 hours of our athletes' lives. And we want that culture to be infectious to our families, to the parents, so that they're reinforcing the behaviors and the disciplines and the habits that we're striving to instill in their son or daughter. And so if we can instill that into the fitness environment, fitness world as well, it's the same mm -hmm. mindset. Like you want to be a competitor, you're going to be disciplined. You're going to be intentional. You're going to have a plan. Uh, you're going to have to persevere through that plan. You're going to need some accountability. You want some coaching. Mm -hmm. and ultimately, you just got to be tough. Like some days you're going to wake up. You're not going to want to do it. You're going to do it anyway. So, right. um, yeah, I, I, I like where it's going just in terms of, of, of a collaboration. I think it's a model that we can utilize in other locations. And I would encourage other small sort of performance-oriented gyms to, to think about some of these big boxes as their friends because they have a lot of space. And... So we're fortunate we did a coming out of COVID, we did a revenue share a percentage of revenue lease. So that was the other lesson. I, I didn't want the fixed liability that COVID brought with it, even though we, we technically never closed. We just moved outdoors during COVID. But 
we have a we have a percentage of revenues a percentage of revenue lease with the with the the fitness center so they're vested in our success mm-hmm. like, you know it's it's it, it's a great fit like it creates incredible collaboration and i think there's more of that that could be done in our industry as opposed to everybody being so you know i want to i want to have my own program and i want to have my own fiefdom and great good for you and maybe there's only 20 people that want to be a part of that but that's not going to be sustainable in the long run. And if you're really good at what you do, go share it with the world. So Mm -hmm. you want to think about scale and size. So, right. Yeah. And especially when you talk about um, more of a niche market. So athletic training is more of a niche market Uh, happens in other areas as well, like martial arts. You know, there are a lot of martial arts facilities that do just martial arts, but then also a lot of times either have some type of collaboration or some type of general fitness side of things to provide a really solid, reliable foundation for the business. Because when we're talking about athletics, a lot of times that's seasonal. It kind of goes up and down throughout the year, unless you've got your uh, hand in a lot of different sports with a lot of different types of athletes. Um, And then like with the the martial arts side of things, it tends to be just a smaller market. Mm -hmm. So having some type of other whether it be a collaboration or a different side of the business that handles that general fitness side of things, it tends to provide more of a a solid foundation and uh, just it's more reliable for the business. So I agree. Yeah, definitely a a good situation there. So one thing I would love to ask about uh, if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering opening their own facility, going their own way, kind of doing their own thing, what would that be? What is one of the most important things that you've learned over your time, either in the industry or within ownership? I think it's back to what I said a few minutes ago, that culture is paramount. Mm -hmm. So I think the establishment of of a genuine, authentic culture, like this is the thread of who we are, who we aspire to be. And these are the standards then that we are going to uphold in here as a result of that, um, which, you know, obviously can get into value system and words and taglines and mantras that are very effective in marketing but people the the bs meter is is easy to detect now um and i think if you you know so you can you can have great marketing and all the bells and whistles and you look fancy but when people show up on day one and you don't have authentic culture and you're not relational Mm -hmm. and you're not empathetic and you're not there to put your arm around them and say let's go uh, they're, they're leaving. So I think, I think that coaches and gym owners need to be, I I think they need to, to personally invest themselves in reading about being leaders and developing winning culture. And, um, you know, you don't need all this consultants and uh, let me tell you how to do this and come to my mastermind. I don't just read books, just learn from people from variety of industries that have done this before, but culture is absolutely paramount and own that culture, like be very authentic in, what it is that you're passionate about and don't fear the fact that a lot of people might not like that. It's okay that they don't like that and just stand firm in what it is that you know that, that, that you not only love to do, but the value that you believe that you're going to provide in people's lives because ultimately it's going to become contagious. And then when you part, when you, when you wrap that with very good marketing, like you said before, having lots of poles in the water, mm-hmm. then your Instagram and Facebook will light up your, uh, you know, your mass, you know, show up and speak at a group that's going to light up because people want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. They want to be a part of an epic journey. They want to be a part of 
something where they can aspire to be like somebody else that's that's in the same boat or walking the same path as them and Mm -hmm. culture will win every time you know the flip side is bad culture and bad culture is it's going to bring the house down very quickly so that's where you also you have to get into you know you have to be a very good people selector when it comes to hiring who do you Mm -hmm. want on your staff Uh, you know it doesn't matter what their credentials and pedigree are if they're not culture first people and they don't want to win and they don't want to be on a winning team and they don't want to change people's lives and that doesn't excite them every day to get out of bed and get in there and put their you know put their coaching kit on and go fire it up then say no move on go find somebody else don't even hire them just do more of it yourself um so because i think in the end those are the, this is the thing that's going to drive the, you know, the volume of people that want to train with you or to train in your gym. And I think it's also going to drive the value of what you can charge for the experience and the coaching and the mm-hmm. impact that you're going to have. If, if, if you're good at what you do, you're authentic about it. You've got a thread, you've got a stake in the ground. You'll eventually attract the right people. And then they're not going to leave. They're going to ask their friends who are like-minded to join them. And then you're going to be able to increase prices, you know, along the way. And you're not going to have this revolving turnstile of, eh, I got 20 new clients this month, but I I lost 15 because, you know, for whatever reason. Right. Yeah, exactly. It plays into the retention aspect, which is huge. Um, And, you know, and like you said, then you don't have a bunch of people leaving on a monthly basis as well, because what good is it if you get people in the door and then they leave within a yep. few months. Uh, yeah, get and them, get also- them rally. Yeah, they got to rally around. They, you all have to have a common cause. There needs to be a yeah. common cause in that culture. And it doesn't matter if you have 2,000 people in your gym. It, you can have the same thread, the same mindset, the same things that we're striving to achieve. We're aspiring to this. And that makes people excited to come in there. Um, and then they're going to get more results because they're going to be a more emotionally engaged in their training. And mm-hmm. as we all know, that's kind of rule number one if you're not bought in and emotionally participating your training is going to be slow to you know progress is slow to non-existent um, but then when you feed them programs it's all by design it's all by intention so they're going to trust you they're going to believe in you when you ask them to do this they'll run through a wall for you and that's that's the best that, that we can do in this business in my opinion mm-hmm. absolutely and uh, you touched also on providing that higher value higher level of service and yep. then in turn being able to charge more which also allows you to work with less people and make more money. Correct. And if you, and, and, and if you can make the best of all worlds is if you can also develop coaches that can also facilitate the higher level experience early Mm -hmm. on, it might be the, the owner of the gym, like in my case, the, you know, performance director and the experience I provide is a little bit different because I'm passionate about it. This is what I eat, breathe, sleep all day long. My coaches that I bring in, they may not be there yet, but I'm going to drip and drab on them. And then I'm going to develop, I'm going to invest in them. We're going to, you know, the way that we act, the way that we dress, the way that we talk. Um, I'm I'm very particular about, you know, what their lifestyle and their behaviors like outside of the gym, because if I'm, if, if we're asking the people that we serve to adopt a certain way of life and certain standards, and then we breach that. And now because of social media and Instagram, everybody can see that. Well, that's not going to work. You know, mm-hmm. so if I'm if I'm teaching a 14 year old young man as to what it means to be a man, if this is you know we embrace rugged things and our our aim is to protect and to be strong and to be physical and tough and ready to defend ourselves or other people, and we're going to make nutritional choices that are very disciplined and we're going to make time choices that are very disciplined and relationship choices that are very disciplined. 
And then we have a coach that's off, you know, on the weekend, slamming it back and right. you know, bragging about their, their weekend at Coachella or something. It's just not going to work. Right. So, exactly. Uh, that's yeah. part about back to authentic culture. It's like mm-hmm. people, you know, and you have to be careful because people do want to, they want to connect with the coaches and the trainers that are, you know, facilitating their transformation. And if there's a mm-hmm. breach in that trust, then culture is going to, it's going to get decimated. Absolutely. Yeah. Trust is everything. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Our Instagram account is at Proteus athlete. That's the best place to go. Um, we've been, we've been spending a lot of time with, uh, I found a great young videographer and photographer. So, um, we're starting to change up and do a lot more sort of mini reels, mini documentaries. Um, they were out at the Southern California rugby championships this past weekend. So we're going to be able to put together some highlight footage for our athletes. And it's beautiful. Cause then they go, you know, they go tag that post that do everything else, help make it viral for us. But uh, at Proteus athlete on Instagram is the best place. We're not big users of Facebook. And this is partly my fault because I'm too old and, I don't want to learn that space <laughs> right now. I'd rather somebody else that already knows how to use it, uh, use it. But uh, our Instagram is the best. Our website is proteusathlete.com. Um, those are the best, best spots. Perfect. All righty. So Jason from Proteus Fitness in San Diego, California. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.